0: Farming is a great way to live. The blue skies, the fall months of bringing in the harvest. the sentimental picture-taking of your children sleeping in the tractor cab, you know, all that crap. Well, you can check that garbage at the door and crack a beer, because we ain't playing on this here podcast. We're the uncles that not only think before we speak, realize it's probably inappropriate and then say it anyway, because we are the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Now a member of the Global Ag Network. Mamma. Okay, Landon, if if we do that one more time, it's gonna stop being funny. Well, hey, this is the Dry Line Farmer Podcast, and I am your host, Brent Carlson, and with me as always, Landon, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty good, Brent. What are you up to? We are finally done with the corn harvest, at least on our farm. And I know your farm is too, right, Landon? That's right. Just waiting on Milo. I'm glad I'm sure glad that we got your employees over there at the elevator to stay late for us. It took a little finagling and bribery, but we got done the whole cutting about, what, gosh, 11.45? I think that's the latest y'all have ever let us cut before there at the Hereford Grain Corporation.
1: Well, we aim to please Brent.
0: Well, that's still debatable.
1: But nonetheless,
0: we are glad that they let us get it out of there because it started raining about 4 o'clock this morning, and the sun hadn't shined since. But I think it's going to open up tomorrow, and we're going to have weather... Like you wouldn't believe for the next however long, because it's going to be sunny and dry, and it's going to get that cotton ready. And oh man, are we going to be cheery when that takes place, cotton harvest? Well, we were getting into a little ag Twitter uh, back and forth with a lot of our fellow podcasters, but I told all these people that hey, they had to knock it off because I couldn't be checking my Twitter notifications throughout this whole recording that we're doing tonight, because that's how one kind of only one side of my brain works. It you know, one time. But nonetheless, this week, we're talking really, really ag-related stuff, but it's also related to the entire pop culture of America. That's right. Racist milk. You never saw calcium so hateful in your life. Well, we're going to talk about that. That's going to be our main segment this week on the Dryland Farmer podcast. And speaking of the Dryland Farmer podcast, we are also appreciate everybody downloading this thing, and we're knowing that you're finding it on mainly on my Twitter feed. That's at Trader Brent, and Landon is no twit. Landon forty four. That's right, and also you're going to find us there on uh, Apple Podcast, and uh, that's what iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and soon you'll be finding us here in the next few days, I believe, on the Global Ag Network. It, I believe it's being a soft launch here in the next few days, and then we're gonna really get this thing hitting the ground running. We're really thankful to Delaney Howe and uh, Mike Pearson up there in the Midwest, and uh, we uh, wish them all the best as they launch this network for us and uh, Working Cows and the Girls Talk Ag podcast. We're gonna have we're gonna have to have like a massive cross promotion uh, podcasting week or something with all those people, but uh, we're excited to be on board with all those folks and. Uh, hopefully we'll fit in i uh, before we got off this act twitter uh diatribe we were getting into before we started recording uh they were talking with uh, at jared mcdaniel and they've got a really great podcast uh ag uncensored him and the old shark farmer everybody knows him and loves him and i'm like i kind of felt left out so i had to pop in and say he's like well you know i figured out that uh, if i didn't invite myself to the party i just found myself Going home and watching documentaries of uh, of Charles Manson or, you know, Mr. Rogers, whichever was on. But uh nonetheless, we got to do a little nice little diatribe with all those fine people and uh had to had to mute it all for the time being this evening since we're recording. But as we said earlier, we got all of our corn out. Landon, That you're a uh, bloody, you guys still got a lot of customers out there with a whole bunch of corn out in the field, don't you?
1: Yeah, I'd say we're just a little bit over halfway done on corn.
0: Landon, what's the what's your take in so far on the on pound wise? Is it gonna be a light year?
1: No, it'll be it'll be a decent year. It'll be average.
0: Got what? Landon, what's hard for grain? They got most of corn. Got how much milo? They got <clears throat> quite a bit of milo this year, or not much? No,
1: we're not expecting much milo.
0: I see. Yeah. was there a lot of sugarcane uh, sugarcane aphid spraying, or did you hear much? I
1: don't think there's much. I only had to spray once. I don't. I, I might have heard of one guy that sprayed twice.
0: Well, no, there's they're little bastards that we got to kill, but nonetheless, okay, that's enough serious talk. Okay, Landon, we had, and I don't know, did you feel that We had an earthquake in the Texas Panhandle. Did you feel that? That was on what? That was on a Sunday? S- Saturday, Saturday. morning, Saturday.
1: No, I didn't feel anything.
0: It was, uh, that's what she said. Uh, it was a, it was quite a little weird feeling. Um, it happened at eight Oh four Saturday morning. And I know I'd woken up early, like at six o'clock and then I kind of dozed in and out, but, uh, I was kind of rolling over, getting ready to get out of bed, and all of a sudden I felt this massive shake and rumble. I'm like, what the hell was that? Anyway, so where do I go first? I go right to Facebook, and sure enough, people are popping off. It's like, did, did y'all feel that? What was that? So I knew it had to be an earthquake, That's the first one I've ever felt. It lasted for like two seconds, shook the house, and, you know, that was about all it does. So I'm sure once we turn on all our wells again back in the spring that they'll all be pumping sand. But, you know, (laughs) I guess let future Brent worry about that because right now it was pretty cool to have a – feel that earthquake. I remember we were in San Francisco one time on a convention meeting, and uh, we were in like the – and I did not think they had basements in California, but we were in like the basement of this hotel, and all of a sudden it was like real disorienting and like it wasn't like a real loud rumble, but kind of a low rumble. And, I mean, the tables kind of shook a little bit. And I looked over to another person that we were with on the trip, and they, we just kind of looked at each other because we didn't, you know, we weren't used to earthquakes. And, I mean, it was real disorienting. But, uh, nonetheless, we got on that uh, massive um, news network they call Facebook. And, sure enough, it was, uh, the epicenter was actually, what, 11 miles north, 13, uh, 13 miles northeast of Amarillo, which from our place is about, I'm going to say as a crow flies probably about 60 miles and we felt it all the way over here. And I've got all of my family that live, we live, we live on the net right next to a highway that goes North and South. And we're, we have the only house that's on the East side of the highway. So we're in between that highway and Amarillo to give you a little perspective there. And my rest of my family, they're all on the West side of that highway. So all I can figure is that highway must've absorbed some kind of shock wave because, uh, they were, most of them were up and they should have been able to feel it. But, uh, I felt it. It was kind of weird. I mean, I guess in the end, it's not really a big story, but we do have a big uh, Pantex plant. And it's actually, no crap, a nuclear disarmament plant. And it's right on the east side of Amarillo. So I guess the first thing everybody started worrying about was it was the Pantex it was going to blow us all up and make us glow. But I guess they're pretty... Uh, and apparently they had employees over there that were checking everything. And I mean, I figure they have a little more security than, you know... <laughs> they had shovels over there digging up the old bombs they just buried like a <laughs> dog with a bone you know i think it's a little more high tech than that but uh apparently i mean if, if it Pantex did blow up we wouldn't be having a recording episode this week but uh nonetheless so we had the earthquake story and um, that was pretty cool um it gives us something to talk about anyway and uh, another thing i love to talk about all of a sudden since we had this big rain delay after what two weeks I got addicted to these dumbest criminal videos on YouTube. And they are so awesome. And I don't care if some of them are kind of edited, heavily edited. It is so awesome to see people get tased. I tell you what, people <laughs> people watch dog and cat videos to make themselves, make themselves have a brighter day. I'm telling you right here, right now. Nothing will brighten your day more to see somebody get locked up with 5,000 volts of electricity <laughs> and just hit the freaking pavement with a face plant. I mean, it'll it'll make your day go <laughs> so much faster after seeing somebody just hit the freaking asphalt.
1: Yeah, they just go dead weight, don't they? Brent? I mean, they, they
0: <laughs> lock up. I mean, they swan dive into wherever yeah. they go. But the best is the freaking meth heads. They tase them, and they still keep a cracking, man. Mm. It takes them like four or five you know, shocks to... Uh, get these people down to the ground and even then they're still not they're still not uh you know locked up but i mean then sometimes like these cops will have these people in like a freaking bear hug and another cop still just tasing the piss out of them (laughs) but i guess it's not carrying through to the other cops that are holding them down because i mean they're they don't shake at all but i mean you just hear that thing going (laughs) and it's so awesome you know i mean it sounds like they're just freaking cooking them man and finally, they just give up. You would think after a while, man, you man, you kick a dog long enough, he's gonna quit barking. But um, it's uh, I've gotten addicted to those. I mean, it's so funny. They have these same, ex- I mean, the same excuse every time, especially on bait car. Have you ever seen that, Landon? No. Oh man, it is so awesome. They have this car and they rig it up with cameras and stuff. Obviously, they're hidden, and then they can remote control remotely control the car. So uh, like. For instance, one episode, they uh, they pulled into this neighborhood and like and they had a guy driving it, and then they pretended to like bust this guy, like they were busting him, threw him on the side of the car and arrested him, and then like they all took off. And then about literally like five to ten minutes later, there are these locals out there checking that car out, man. And of course <laughs> you can hear him talking. And I mean, they get in that car and they take off. Well, they, they usually the way the episode goes is they get in the car and they're all like, man, this is awesome, dude. And like one, one pair of guys got in, they didn't even know each other. Like they were introducing themselves while they were driving the stolen car. Anyway, so what they, what the cops do is, is when they get to like a big parking lot or something, they, they can kill the car remotely. And like and lock the doors where the, where the criminals can't get out, man. And they're all tripping out and everything. And some of them even know, oh, man, this is a bank card, dude. <laughs> so apparently they're on their favorite show, you know. Yeah. It's like The Price is Right. You know, you're seeing yourself on The Price is Right. And it's like, oh, man. And they know they're busted. And they say the same thing every time. Oh, man, I was just moving it for a guy, man. I didn't want it to get a parking ticket. <laughs> every single time they are doing a community service. And they are moving that car to a safer location. and Like a lot of them don't even have any intention of stealing the car. They're just joyriding in it. And I've been mean, like, and of course, they've always got warrants. You know, they've oh, always yeah. got, I mean, yeah, they've always got priors. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, my favorite is the whole, the whole time that they're, um, that they're, uh, the guys that have actually seen the show, they're like, oh man, we're a bait car, dude. (laughs) It's like it's candid camera. I'm like, dude, Dick Clark is not going to come out from behind the, (laughs) or Ashton Kutcher's not going to come out from behind the camera and say, yeah, you're punked. You're not getting
1: punked. You remember the one on Reno 911 when they had the, they had the bait car and they're like, yeah, we've had a lot of stolen cars in this neighborhood. So we've got this car that we're watching and we put like half of a coffee cup of gas in it. So, you know, they'll get uh about a 10th of a mile down and while they're talking to the camera, while they're talking to the camera, these guys get in the car and they drive it into the back of a box truck and shut the <laughs> well, door. And yeah. take off. Oh, but and I've been watching though that one of my
0: I've seen this scene so many times. It's where they think they win the lottery and it was a misprint. <laughs> they come into the, uh, the they come into the uh, office. And they just tell Officer Dangle off. He's the captain, <laughs> and, and he pulls up the the front page of the newspaper. It says Lotto misprint. <laughs> it is such. Oh, that was such an awesome show. Well, guys, we are getting along in this segment. Um, Once again, we are going to talk racist milk. I I know you didn't think it was possible, but trust me, it is. We're going to read an article off of AgWeb. That's right. It's really, really relevant to us folks in the ag industry. So, and uh, this week's sponsor, Organic Beer. We'll hear from them, and then Radar Ricardo's got his weekly weather report, and we'll talk that honky milk right after this. Are you a high net worth individual? Are you a consumer that refuses to compromise? Do you blow your nose with a cloth handkerchief? Well, then you've come to the right place because here at Organic Beers, we offer you a product for your cocktail portfolio that is guaranteed to impress every person in your gated community. Because we know if you're drinking organic beer, you care what everybody else thinks about you and they care what you think about them. Why? Because you drink organic beer and you're a bunch of pretentious assholes. Well, that's where we come in to fill in the void when you run out of something that proves to the rest of the neighborhood that you are better than them. Organic beer, a great and wonderful product, makers of other famous products that you might have heard of that you may not have heard of, that you probably have heard of, but you can't say anything because, well, you're in a homeowners association in a gated community. So, I mean, what are you going to say? Well, here's a list of our other fine products that fall under the umbrella of organic beer. How about non-GMO crystal meth, vegan heroin, gluten-free smack, low-salt crack? Hey, that rhymes. How about some free-range cocaine made in the mountains of Colombia with absolutely no fences around any of our drug makers? Well, we have some pretty tall walls, but they have gates. I mean, they can get in and out, you know, from midnight to two in the morning, but... Nonetheless, they're still cage-free. Okay, going down, I gotta go down the list here real quick. Let's see, we've got a chemical-free oxycodone. Now, let me tell you about these oxycodone pills of ours. Uh, you know, you've just had surgery, and you've got that prescription from your surgeon, and he says you can only have two of these oxycodone pills, so, because otherwise you'll get, you know, you'll get uh, I just took a pill, I'm sorry, I just stuttered. You'll get addicted to it. Well, our oxycodone pills are not like these factory farm pills you get at the pharmacy. Well, ours are non-addicting oxycodone pills. Why? They are made from the crushed up hooves Of cage free goats That's right Our goats have no cages But they do have a hard time walking around So we just have to give them an oxycodone pill uh, What else do we have We also have to finish it off We have lactose free Xanax I didn't even know they put milk in Xanax But apparently they do Hey guess what Xanax is a palindrome You know where it's spelled the same way Forward and backwards X-A-N-A-X And X-A-N-A-X Isn't that something Wait Organic beer when you want to get drunk, but stay healthy at the same time. Hey man, my lips are burning over here, man. Bring me me some milk, my up? Nah man, I don't know about that 2% crap, man. It gives me the kids. Hey, Bato, hey, 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 this is Radar Ricardo a Nacerio, bringing your Dragon Farmer podcast weather updates. Well, hey, Brent, looks like you just got that corn at the nick of time, huh, Bato? Hey, I just saw you, man, you were working all late and everything last night, man, Bato, I was going to do the recording last night, but you didn't come in till like, 12.30 to 1, man. I know you had to make those guys at the elevator, like, stay real late and everything, and I, I know they didn't, like, like... I didn't like it very much I know, I mean I, They talked to me on the phone this morning But though, I mean Not this morning Like noon They got it But whatever Hey, you know But it is It's a good thing you did man Because it started raining Like at 4 this morning And everything And I mean It's all wet and everything And I know you all you guys Cotton left But I know Like this ain't Like the best thing For cotton But And I mean I ain't no farmer Or nothing But man I see that cotton out there And it's not like Very white or nothing I mean They they say They say milk is like uh, What did they say Bato? It's white It's to- free Man, it's like a Hitler drink, Bato. No, that's right, man. They say milk is like a white supremacy drink, Bato. So I can only imagine what they call you farmers that grow that cotton, Bato. Well, let me... Uh, Bato, I need to look at the... Man, I got to look at the forecast. I mean, that's what you pay me for, right? Ah, ah, ah. Well, Bato, man, this is the last day of cold, cloudy weather, man. Because it's going to be 68, 67, 69, 78 for like seven days in a row, Bato. So, man, it's going to like... Get rid of all that nasty weather. Maybe a little bleach or cotton out a little bit and make it white again. Myself. Well, this week's this week's beer man man only Gringles. organic beer, uh, a beer you can drink. You can get hammered, and, man, like, you know all the ingredients going into your liver are, like, all oh, like, non-GMO and, like, gluten-free and all that thing, but, I mean, out here it takes, like, crap, but, man, and it, but it gets you drunk, you know, like, Danny Light, but, you know, once again, the ingredients are all good and everything, but, hey, vato, this is Ricardo Adelacerio, I'm back to you. Hey, vato, hey, hold up, that's my, that's my, that's my game, man. Well, thanks, Ricardo, for that report once again. Uh, I know uh, it's been a crazy week this week getting that corn out, and you're trying to give us a dry forecast for that cotton to get ready. So uh appreciate you all your hard work. And um, let's see, you were bunking up with Diego last week. I'm glad that he finally got him a place, but I can tell he's still helping you out in the background. But nonetheless, okay, we're on to our main segment. That's right. It's time for some racist talk because you like to drink milk. And here we go. Well, that piece of human garbage. I tell you what, he could freaking whip up a crowd, couldn't he, Landon?
1: Yeah, I wonder if he ever had a milk mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
0: Damn it, Landon, that was mine. I had that written down. Well, I'm still going to use it later on. Yeah. You think Zieg Heil meant Go Herd back then? What is Zieg Heil, what is Zieg Heil German for? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, well, unless you're from Hereford, Texas, or you went to a Marshall Go Herd. It was our, our war cry at our football games, but... uh Nonetheless, yeah, if if the world isn't crazy enough, okay, everybody's called racist now, and you thought they could pull everything out of the book. Well, now, as it turns out, if you drink milk and you're a whitey, you're a racist whitey because why? Uh, let's see the first the first um, article we're going to get to. Well, af- actually, the second one, but the one that really kind of hit the news wires was from the New York Times. It says, "Why whiteness." Why white supremacists are chugging milk, and why geneticists are alarmed. Which I don't know what geneticists and white supremacists have to do together, but nonetheless, I guess they're you know everybody's got to be an expert on something. But first, before we get to that, we got had to get into our ag uh, journalist folks, and um, one that we just ran across right over the top of our uh, Google search was uh, an article from uh, well actually it was a blog by uh, Anna Lu- uh, let's see Anna Lisa Laca and uh, i believe that's how you say her name she you can find her on twitter at annalocka one <laughs> waka. waka. <laughs> sorry anna i'm sure you've heard that one before but uh we just had to use it but uh she has a um a little blog uh, linked up from agweb and it actually links over to another a little side side of theirs uh, milkbusiness.com and we just pulled it and she uh, pulled it up and she had some pretty good uh, pretty good little words and a little uh, a little bit of commentary on this whole thing. She uh, titles her uh, blog "Milk is now a symbol of racism?" question mark And she kind of she starts out the article and says, "PETA is at it again." What in the actual world? <laughs> Most of the time, people say, you know, that it have a little less class will say, "What in the actual f?" But um, she goes on to say, Missouri news station reports PETA is now marketing milk as a symbol of white supremacy. The Animal Activist Group has been trying to make this social justice connection for consumers since 2017 when they published a blog post on their site called Why Cow's Milk is the perfect drink for white supremacists. Landon, when you do you drink milk? Oh yeah, I drink some milk. You drink some do you want cereal or just right out of the glass or what? Some of both. See, I, I have every morning I have a bowl of what cinnamon toast crunch and about, what is it, about a cup of milk in there or half a cup of milk.
1: And, you know, never once did I think, you know what? I think I might not like black people. So are they trying Are they trying to say that if you're white and you drink milk, that you're lactose intolerant?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we've been writing notes for the last 45 minutes, and that's what Landon came up with. <laughs> uh, and I always, lo- I always thought that term was pretty funny, lactose intolerant. And I, Actually, I guess it was from some comedian that said, I'm lactose intolerant. I will not stand for it.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: <laughs> lactose intolerant. That's actually
1: how I got my nickname of Toast. Was They used to call me Landos and then Lantoast and land Lantoast Intolerant. And
0: the legend lives on, right? Yep. Well, so anyway, Anna goes on to say in her article, um, it talks about PETA. And I guess they had some piece of garbage movie called Get Out. And I don't know. I think that was a bad movie with jennifer lawrence too maybe but uh nonetheless she goes on to talk about how crazy these pita people are she's absolutely right um but once again you know back to our own personal experiences you know whenever i eat a like is a grilled cheese sandwich is that like like uber racist what i mean if you cook it i mean that's got to be some kind of next level racism doesn't it
1: i don't know why is pita bitching anyway i mean milk hired a rabbit to push their chocolate milk powder <laughs> And chocolate milk powder, strawberry milk powder. Yeah, what what are you if you drink chocolate milk, Brent? Well,
0: I think you're appropriating a culture, is what I think.
1: <laughs> Brent, I see you're drinking one percent. Is that because you think you're racist? Because you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you, you you could run for Congress if you wanted yeah. to.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful world we live in. But um, so Anna, she makes some good points in there, and then we get over to the New York Times article, which is way too long, or the, either that, or I just don't want to read that far, mm-hmm. but. Once you get into this thing about halfway down, that's about all you can handle. And, you know, after you read that, we had to research it more. And I went into this PDF file uh, from the, let's see, what is it? I don't even want to give these people credit, but some law review deal. And they give this whole um, white paper, not white paper, whatever it is, a study. And it's broken down into food oppression. Milk does the body good, question mark. And um, it talks about how all these companies like, Uh, Taco Bell, McDonald's and all these big corporations are, quote, targeting lower class, poor people, minorities through their campaigns of uh, like one says. And I've never seen this one. McDonald's. They have a three sixty five black slogan and then May and Conta websites, you know, to accommodate large Latino families and the introduction of cultural specific food items. I mean, this paper says that these people, these co- corporations... Ooh, <laughs> I said these corporations. I didn't say these people. These corporations are literally targeting these groups of people on purpose to make them fat. I don't, I don't guess it's got anything to do with making more money. You land in? I mean, it's got to all be for the... It's got to be for the... You know, that broken over cross, whatever they call it. But, yeah, it goes into Article 1. It says food oppression food oppression arises from institutional related policies and practices that undermine the physical strength and survival of socially marginalized groups. It also affects the individuals who experience multiple levels of structural subordination, yada, 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 yada. Basically, you don't know any better for yourself. You have to be told what to do no matter what, which I find kind of racist on on its own merit because that's saying that all these minorities and all these, uh, Uh, lower class you know people in the lower class they can't think for themselves no matter what they do they're going to do whatever these slogans these catchy uh corporate you know slogans go by they're they're not going to have any uh thinking ability for themselves but you know so you get some of that scientific stuff out of the way and okay so let's let's just say for a minute that this stuff is true what do you think you know what do you think the end goal, the end game of this thing is? Like all these, I mean, obviously this is a liberal push to um, issue. It's like you know what do you, think? you know if we if we say that milk is racist, okay? So and we get all the white people to stop drinking milk. I mean, what's that strategy? He's like you know they're in a some kind of well they're not in a smoky room they're in a room with a vape you know everybody's vaping or whatever <laughs> everybody <laughs> blows their faces off because the things are volatile. Which I don't what does a vape deal even burn? <laughs> Because they're blowing up.
1: Uh, integrity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, think that goes, I think that goes back to that organic beer commercial. Yeah. You're just a pretentious asshole. That's all you are. Yeah. But, so, I mean, what is their strategy session? You know what? I think if we get all these white people and conservative people to stop drinking milk in 50 years, we're going to be able to weaponize osteoporosis and just freaking take them out, dude. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, from, from the research I gathered... um, Every female half half of every mammal half of all the mammal species can produce racism <laughs> yeah. because every female can produce milk which is racist right and if you get some pills from Canada from one of our past episodes, even some men can produce racism. But <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, you can milk anything with nipples. <laughs> yeah. So females are out there producing racism. I think. Yeah. It's, I think it's all their
0: fault. You know, that's what really depresses me because now a pair of double Ds is equal to a two a pair of two neon lighted swastikas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, girl, we can't even we girls can't even enjoy their physiques anymore. Even their, I mean, their literal part of their femininity. Is a racist symbol.
1: Yeah, how can how can PETA get mad at the people that drink milk? Shouldn't they be mad at the people that produce milk? That's right. I mean, there sh-
0: there shouldn't be one woman, one female in PETA because aren't they safe he- self hating racists?
1: Yeah. So if you're eating a hamburger, aren't you like helping you know end racism because you're you know you're taking care of a cow eating yeah. a hamburger?
0: And you know it's funny. I've got cattle, and I've seen cattle on other farms. It's funny, you'll have black cattle and you'll have white cattle and you'll see the black cattle in their own little patch and you'll see the white cattle in their own little patch. I guess it's because they have four udders, so they're doubly racist. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty wild stuff, you know. But I mean, so what are we going to do? Are we Are going to stop giving kids milk in school? I mean, that's really going to gonna promote a healthy lifestyle. Kids are already fatter than hell as it is, which I guess on the flip side of the coin, if you take away ice cream and cheese and everything... I mean, that is going to help solve the obesity problem just a little bit. But let me tell you one thing. If you cancel, if you cancel ice cream, you might as well cancel Christmas because nobody is showing up to anything that's happy. It's all, I mean, it's all going to hell in a handcart if that's the case. No ice cream. I live for ice cream. I've gotten to the point in my life where food, like all the foods, like appetizers, your main course, all that is, is an avenue to dessert. That's all it is for me anymore. Uh, whatever before dessert is, is really inconsequential as long as it doesn't have olives on it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty <laughs> content with that, but in, in, celery, but nonetheless, it's a, it's a, it's a wild state of affairs that we're living in. And I guess one of the things that brought this thing to mind, I just finished up O'Reilly's new book, uh, killing the SS. It's really a good book about all hunting down all the Nazi war criminals after the war was over with. It was, uh, I didn't, I had no idea, had, did not realize how many of them escaped to Argentina and uh, over there to South America, like Eichmann and uh, not Goebbels, but um, Borman? Joseph Mangala oh. Bormann, and uh, yeah, that was a bunch of wild stuff. I didn't have any idea they were. They got Eichmann, they hung him, and then then he talks about later in the book about two females that um, were like were some of the most deranged and uh, evil people that ever was wore a Nazi uniform. They like tortured all these different. They had their own women's camp or whatever, and they just tortured all of these women to death. It was freaking unreal how bad these people were but yeah so nazism i would say they were pretty bad wouldn't you say landon
1: yeah they suck
0: yeah you don't think that do, maybe they are did they invent pasteurization who did that
1: <laughs> maybe that's how it all got started i think that was louis Pasteur.
0: oh okay well, that's was that
1: french there's one real fact <laughs> in this episode
0: there you go i don't know landon we're gonna have to google that louis yeah press tester but i don't know that sounds foreign to me
1: <laughs> uh, Brian, I, th- I think milk's getting a bad rap on this whole thing. Now, if if, if you start seeing, you know, if you if you see people buying a container of milk with three K's in the spelling, then yeah, we can talk. But I mean, before we had these updates on our cell phones, these text messages to look out for a blue or a gray Honda or Toyota, <laughs> it was milk cartons that you yeah. know, to- told us who, who we should be looking for.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, they're probably mostly white kids on the milk cartons, though, weren't there? Uh, who knows? Well, wouldn't a white wasn't a white kid kind of like not blend in very well with the background of a milk carton? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be like, it didn't seem like there'd be a very good conveyance.
1: Yeah, I don't know how it worked, but I know the missing persons were on the milk jo- milk cartons. And
0: now it's just an Amber Alert, so yeah.
1: The old milkman used to wear white sheets. Maybe there is something to that. Maybe. Just, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I'm joking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah i think they did landing you know it's like well you know they, everybody always jokes about the how the kid doesn't look anything like the father he's like well it must be the milkman. <laughs> it's like well he was making that sieg heil formation the other day when he was sucking on his thumb but you know that's neither here nor there i guess but well guys we hope you enjoyed this uh kind of politically minded kind of ag related deal of a podcast we did this week kind of it, funny it's kind of funny we hope so that's kind of what we're here for we're not trying to well, I don't. Well, are, are we changing minds, Land? I don't know if we're changing minds. We're probably changing minds from listening to the podcast. But. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Bottom line of the story is racism, racism, bad. Nazis, bad. Everybody should live together in harmony. But it's easier said than done.
1: Milk right? is okay, except for one so. percent. Yeah, that's right. And buttermilk, that stuff's gross.
0: Yeah, I guess you're just a half-ass racist if you drink two percent. I drink two percent, Land, and I ha. love it
1: half and half (laughs) half and
0: half (laughs) yeah i drink two percent that reminds me of that episode of seinfeld where they jerry gets that uh half of that black and white cookie (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) he starts getting sick it's like uh, the cookie not getting along it's like david duke and farrakhan down there (laughs) (laughs) oh i love that show well guys we hope you enjoyed this episode we're gonna get out of here and uh, once again be looking for that ag global or the global ag network and we're real excited to be a part of that thing and uh, be sure to listen to all those other podcasts out there. And uh, we're real excited to be a part of this whole operation we got going on. Everybody, be safe out there. Get your crops out safely during this harvest. And until next time, we'll ask you what side of the line are you on? The Drama and Plumber podcast brought to you by Organic Beer. There's really nothing good to say about it the dry line farmer podcast now a member of the global ag network all rights reserved 2018